We're back with another show. We've got a full week into the dark below, well, almost, and we've got some raid information from Crota. All that and more coming up. Destiny the Soul. Welcome, Guardians. Here we are. We've descended down the Hellmouth to the dark below. And what has it brought? Diddy, welcome. Yeah, thank you. I've had such a blast with this DLC. I can't wait to get into the details of it somebody has got a lot of goodies this week from the ship to some pretty (laughs) cool loot drops to you actually getting like almost a full kit not really but you know what i'm saying it was a good week for you (laughs) it was actually a pretty good week for me in terms of loot the first day of the dlc and then that next 24 hours i got four legendary engram drops from like patrol missions Mm -hmm. and Three of them, two or three of them decrypted to heavy machine guns, so, you know, oh well. But I have been getting pretty lucky in terms of getting the new Vanguard gear as well. I had, last night, I had a blue gloves decrypt to um, current DLC status uh, Vanguard gloves. So that was that was very surprising. So now if I fully upgrade all of my gear, I will be level 31. But I need Sapphire Wire, man. Like, I can get Ascendant Shards pretty regularly now, but Sapphire Wire. I need to dismantle a lot of blues and greens. Yeah, well, I'm sure the Cryptarch Raul will be happy (laughs) to do that for you. Last night, I had a blue turn into a legendary rocket launcher from the DLC. One of the cool things, listeners, that they're doing in the Dark Below is Dark Below Gear has a little Roman numeral 1 in the upper right-hand corner of the thumbnail for the gear or the piece of loot. So you can pretty easily see this is DLC gear if you're not too familiar with the vanilla gear. And I think they've adjusted the percentage drops in terms of how many blues are dropping. I haven't had a purple drop in terms of an engram, but I've seen, like at least for you, more purple engrams happening. Because to be honest, I never in vanilla, maybe once or twice in vanilla Destiny, had a blue that would decrypt into a legendary item. But I just didn't have that happen that much um, throughout the whole vanilla period, did you? Yeah, it definitely seems to be more frequent now that the DLC has dropped. Uh, I did mm-hmm. get maybe two or three in vanilla, but that was after three months, right? And then I yes. got four in two days. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously I did get lucky, but it does seem to be more frequent. Very good. We've got an exciting show today. I'd love to get into the news here. Uh, just to let everybody know, we're going to talk about a few news updates. We're going to give all of our feedback for the dark below and our experience thus far. Both me and Diddy have gone through most of what there is in terms of, oh my gosh, my computer just went dark because my screen goes dead in three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone through a, a good portion of the quests, and I've finished all the missions. You you only have one mission left and one quest line left, and then just a bunch of bounties. Both me and Diddy did not experience the raid this week, because Diddy's 29, I'm halfway through 28. Probably going to hit 30, I think, this next week at the rate we're going, if you think about it. Once you get fully upgraded, you have the chance to be 31, right? Yep. Yeah, so we, we hope to get into Crota's End pretty quickly, but we have our resident Australian Destiny expert... Sassy here with a brand new segment. Sassy's super good advice. They were running the raid all week, Crota's End, the current raid. And he's going to join us today to talk about the changes to the exotic system as well as the Crota's End raid, which you and I actually got to see a little bit of that last night. So 
Without further ado, let's get into the news. So our first news piece today is some information on the Husk of the Pit. If you guys remember a few shows back, the Husk of the Pit is a common auto rifle from the Dark Below uh, that can be upgraded all the way to the exotic auto rifle, Necrochasm. And this is one of those new processes that's been brought in the Dark Below where you take a common weapon all the way up to the exotic status. So far, we only know of two players in-game who have this item. This information is coming from planetdestiny.com, by the way. I'm going to start shouting out some of our sources for this stuff. And the two players that have this weapon are both playing on the demo version of Destiny. So there's a theory right now that the item is bugged, and the only way to get it to drop is if you're playing on the demo version of Destiny. As far as we know right now, there's no confirmed Husk of the Pit auto rifle from people playing the full version of the game. And we don't really know how this weapon actually is given to us. We know that it doesn't come from Engrams, but they think that the Blades of Crota, the guys who spawn into the, the world on Earth and on the moon with the swords, have a chance to drop this weapon. I just thought it was kind of interesting that the two people who have it are using the demo version of Destiny. Diddy, what do you think? Bugged or just something that Bungie's holding off? Yeah, the fact that you know, a lot of people play Destiny and have got, have the DLC and none of them have got it except for the two people who play a demo. It does seem kind of fishy that it is bugged. Um, but the fact that it's a common auto rifle makes me think that you can't really be level 20 because you don't get common drops after like level 20, right? You mm-hmm. only, you don't see those white little Engram drops as well. But yeah. then again, you said you don't get them from Engrams, but we don't know. But from what it seems like, it definitely seems like it's a bug, and maybe we'll see an update next week. If any of our listeners wants to go after this and tweet us, that would be amazing. We'll definitely feature next week. The few rumors that are right now, uh, they think that the Blaze of Crota in the Divide have a chance to drop this weapon. Other people think that being under the effect of a Black Wax Idol can increase the chances of this item dropping. All I know is I really want this auto rifle. I think in terms of this expansion, this is the auto rifle I want the most, just purely because of the way it, it looks Ironically, like the Murmur, you get the auto rifle, or excuse me, the fusion rifle Murmur by completing the two introductory missions um, with Eris. And remember seeing the thumbnails of that, Diddy? It didn't really look all that good from the side, right? Just kind of looked like a gray blob. Right. This looks similar, but when we got Murmur, that gun is really cool, right? It's one of the best fusion rifles in the game, in my opinion. I was a little bit disappointed. I can't believe I bought Plan C right before we all got murmur but that's okay that's fine having both i guess but uh i think this weapon will be similar it looks pretty gross from the side but i imagine when you actually have it in your hand and it's got like the green effects going on it then it'll be pretty sweet that's all i have to say about that (laughs) next up is the crota's end loot table diddy you want to take this one sure so they've done some data mining and grinding they've actually I say they, I'm talking about Planet Destiny people over there. They've actually found all of the um, legendary and exotic drops that you can get uh, from Crota's End. And there's thumbnails and pictures and the uh, skill trees, uh, skill trees, ability trees that you can see over there. And it's actually really, really cool. And they have a picture of a fully decked out uh, warlock. Yeah. And man... He looks oh so good. Yeah. And it's awesome. <laughs> I was actually watching a stream last night of the first, one of the um, 
one of the clans was just running the first part of the raid over and over again to try and streamline it. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the guys actually got the uh, Titan helmet and the chest piece, and he, it just looks so cool. Yep. And, well, not the helmet, the gloves and the chest piece. And, oh, man, there's a picture of that as well on this link. And it looks really cool. All this new raid gear is just top-notch. It looks amazing. Don't you like the fact that it's thematic? Just like all the Dark Below weaponry um, looks like hive pieces of gear, all these armor sets look like hive pieces of gear from like the gauntlets to the chess pieces to the just the artwork itself matches the theme of what this expansion is. I love the artwork, man, especially last night when we were in Crota's End. Yeah, definitely. In in comparison to the Vault of Glass raid gear, the Vault of Glass raid gear is all smooth and, mm-hmm. you know, the Vex are more refined, more structured and the hive is more jagged and rough and it definitely fits that theme. Yeah, I'm I'm liking it. Next up is the Bungie weekly update, and nothing too huge coming out of this other than they had an interview with the voice actress uh, who played Eris. I actually didn't read through much of it, did you? Not much. I was a little bit lazy. She is a good voice actress, by the way. I, th- I can definitely say you compare her to Dinklage, uh, <laughs> she blows Dinklage's performance out of the water, basically. Can't say that I'm very attached to Eris, but she does have a more driving voice, and you feel more uh, impactful with her, especially when it's like, "Give me the eyes." There's one point in the quest line uh, where she's very interested in getting some eyes, and she is happy to let you know that. <laughs> the next thing that it talked about was an interview with the people who completed the Crotus End raid first. I didn't read much of that either. Out of respect for Sassy. <laughs> yeah, it's um, the interview basically they were asking the the raid group how they prepared or how they um what preparations they did in order to get there and why they actually listed seven people in the raid because don't get the wrong idea it's still a six person raid but they have seven people listed in the completion and that's because they actually had to swap out uh, 29 for a level 31 which we'll get into the reason why in sassy super good advice but it was um, just details of how they prepared and what they experienced and how they had to adjust their playstyle going through the raid just blind. So I thought exactly. it was actually pretty interesting. So if you're looking to do the Crota's End raid soon, or if you've already done it and you want to streamline it for next week, I would definitely recommend reading that interview. I agreed. It's nice that they're doing this. They also posted the top 10 teams, so they are interested in supporting that side of things. It looks like with future raids, they're going to be very, uh, well, at least with this one, they were paying attention to the streams, how fast people were going through it, and then the first 10 people who completed it. I don't know. It adds an element where I think they could put a leaderboard for speedrunning into the yeah, raids. I was just about be, to say, leaderboards would be awesome. I feel like they could integrate it very easily since they have, at the end of the raid, an actual time counter, which is what most players have been using. Mm-hmm. Um, Sassy, who's going to be on the next segment... His team was very into speedrunning the Vault of Glass, and there's a big community for it. I think they add leaderboards, and they take away, you know, they make a standard rule set, basically, for how it's timed. You're going to have a whole new level of competitive destiny. That would be nice to see that. And they could implement it at the same time as the uh, in-game clan interface. Yeah, please. (laughs) Please, Bungie. The Iron Banner is returning this Tuesday on December 16th, and the new Dark Below maps are going to be added to the Control playlist on the 23rd. It should be noted that the Iron Banner playlist will not feature the new Dark Below Crucible maps. 
Uh, I think they're doing that to keep it uh, just a larger playlist so the vanilla players can experience the Iron Banner. I know this time around, I'm going to be participating in it uh, quite a bit. I know I said that last time, but I think the new Dark Banner or the new Iron Banner went live right around the time Master Chief Collection came out a few yeah. like a month ago. So, do we know Guess if the Iron Banner yet. gear is going to be on par with the current DLC status? Do we know it's gonna, if it's going to have light levels of 33? They didn't breathe a word about it, and that'll be interesting to see if okay. they're going to do that. Because if the gear is not on par, then I'll just continue leveling my Vanguard, you know, Dark Below gear. So. Right, and we can get level 30 from Iron Banner and Raid Gear, so it's, you know, hopefully they do up the um, the baseline of it. Yeah, for a 31. Mm-hmm. Right on. And now it's time for Sassy Super Good Advice. It's a new segment here on the show with our resident Destiny Raid expert from Down Under as he dives deep into the dark below today and gives us a breakdown of the new exotic system and the Crota's End Raid. G'day Guardians, I'm Sassy, and I'll be giving you a quick rundown on the changes to the new Null Legendary gear, exotics, as well as some handy hints with the Dark Below raid at Crota's end. With the Dark Below DLC having hit the Destiny universe, a lot of changes and modifications have been brought in to both gear and weapons. Light levels for all Legendary DLC non-raid gear has been increased to 33, giving a possible light level of 31 once fully upgraded. Keep in mind that this is DLC gear only, Legendary gear available before or without the Dark Below DLC has not been given these buffs. Also, all Vault of Glass raid gear will remain at the light level of 30, with a max level of level 30 standard, making them somewhat obsolete if you own the DLC. Exotic weapons and armor obtained before the Dark Below release will need to be upgraded for the cost of 7 exotic shards and somewhere between 7,000 and 8,000 glimmer. Joe will offer like selection of these upgrades per week, so keep an eye on places of armor and weapons that you wish to upgrade. Exotics obtained after the Dark Below release do not need to be upgraded at all. Exotic shards are either obtained by dismantling exotic gear or brought from Joe for 7 strange coins apiece. Upgrading your weapons and armor will reset their progression, so you will have to complete the go all the upgrades for the weapon again, even if it was previously maxed out. Now, for the interesting part, the raid! Crota's End is a new raid that comes within the Dark Below, and it's a far cry to see what you're used to with Vault of Glass. Instead of trying to solve puzzles and mazes that you used to expect, Crota's End has taken the theme of the hive to the next level. This raid is all about survival. Compared to Vault of Glass, this raid is fairly short from a distance travel perspective, but trust me when I say that you'll be fighting for every inch of ground you make. This is overwhelming in every sense of the word. There are three main areas in this raid, entering the Hellmouth, crossing the bridge, and Crota's Arena. Each of these areas have two objectives that must be completed before proceeding to the next area. Without going into too much spoilers and ruining the fun for you guys, I will simply leave you with a couple of tips and tricks. For the first area, do not stop moving at all costs. The moment your team starts slowing down, you are in trouble. I recommend a good LMG and for the hunters to switch to the Blade Dancer for this area. AoE supers are extremely handy as well. As soon as you enter the darkness zone, should you wish, look to your left and follow the path. A chest can be obtained inside a doorway, giving a chance for exotics and other materials. You will know the chest is there if, there's a, if there is an orange light above the door. If you can't see it, simply wipe and repeat until it's there. 
Oh, and don't forget to run like your life depends on it, because it really does. The second error is all about com good communication and teamwork. Once again, LMGs are probably your best choice of heavy weapons. Without giving too much away again in the intricacies of this area, I will only say that I hope you've practiced the Sword of Crota mission. Once your team enters the hallway of the Shriekers, try to ignore all the enemies as best you can and only kill the Shriekers to progress through. Should you complete this fast enough, you see a room at the end of the hallway that contains yet another chest. Be warned, if you are too slow, the door closes and you will have to start again. The final area is all about straight DPS, that's damage per second. Yalahorn is by far the best weapon of your choice for this area, followed swiftly by Icebreaker. This is all about killing stuff as quickly as possible, and it might also be have a dedicated sniper handy, I'm just saying. For the final fight with Crota, this is the best advice I can possibly give you. You need a level 31. It's quite simple as that. It is, although it is quite possible to complete the raid up until this point with a team of 29s and 30s, the boss fight cannot be done unless you have a level 31. It is simply impossible to deal enough damage to the boss before he enrages, and you just won't survive. Try to set up roles for specific people if you can, and use the downstairs room after the spawn area as your home base, so to speak. Again, Yalahorn's reign supreme and you will need a superb communication and teamwork. This raid is much, much harder than Vault of Glass. After that, you should be pretty much set for facing down the son of Oryx. Grab your raid team, settle up and get ready to dive headfirst into the Hellmouth. This is one hell of a raid and I had an amazing time completing it. For those interested, you are able to obtain weapons from Killing Crota, but there are only specials and heavy weapons as the primaries are only available when hard mode comes out later in January. That's basically it from me, Guardians, but before I leave, I'll give you a handy hint to those who have and use the super good advice exotic LMG. Should you use it against oracles and oversouls, you'll find that almost all your bullets return to the magazine. Take care, Guardians, and happy raiding. Thank you, Sassy. Hopefully one of these days, time will allow us to schedule a show where you, me, and Diddy can all be uh, sitting together and talking at the same time as it is now. As you can imagine, Australia's schedule is a little bit different than your and my schedule, right, Diddy? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit different. So we've spent some time playing with Sassy this week, and from what we've understood, the raid is way more difficult than the Vault of Glass, and that's a good thing. Yeah, and a really good point to highlight in his segment is mm -hmm. or super good advice excuse me um is the fact that it's completely different than vault of glass and this is what i said in the pre-show don't expect it to be like vault of glass and he said yeah with the vex and all the puzzles throw that out the window you just need to survive to complete yeah. this raid and i think that's awesome and he actually walked us through the first part of the raid where you have mm -hmm. to, um, spoilers if you haven't played the raid, you actually have to run to these different lights along this, not really a maze, but a path, and yep. you have to get to a certain point to actually get unlock the next area, and the whole time you're going, there's a bunch of thralls, knights, ogres, just running at you, just trying to kill you, and you have to kite them, you have to defend, and you have to just survive, and it's this whole mob and horde mindset of the raid that's just totally different than the vex and i i love that 
Yeah, it's polar opposite. The artwork, by the way, you and I got to see the beginning of the raid, but we also got to see the boss room of the raid. Sassy had a checkpoint and he took us little level 28s and 29s in there. Oh my gosh, it's gorgeous, man. The stuff that they're doing, I'm not going to spoil it, but Crota looks amazing. Some of the mobs look incredible. I know some people are like, they use similar models as what was in Vanilla. <laughs> Wait until you see what the blades look like in the Crota room. When you summon him, just, I don't know, the shaders, the lighting, so much of this game is down to artwork, and I think the Dark Below just steps it up. When when you take time as the player to just look around, and you're totally comfortable with that, I think they've succeeded, at least in yeah. the artwork portion of things. Absolutely, totally agree. And when you said getting chased by some thralls, you mean like 40 frickin' thralls, man. <laughs> yeah. They took the hive to time. like a new level. Yeah. It's, an, it's amazing how many there are. Salvaged relic data is now decrypted. Not of consequence. Evening, Guardian. Earn your honor, Guardian. Titan survey data requested by Vanguard. All right, so what I'm really excited to talk about is our dark below feedback and experience so far it's the reason we're having two shows this week so that we can tell you what we think of the dark below so far i'd like to just go through it systematically uh in a linear time frame so diddy walk me through your experience with the dark below from the start of the week to where we are now what did you initially think of the way eris got you involved the first two missions and what you basically did this week So I was kind of confused, to be honest, at the very beginning, because the first thing Eris gives you is not a story mission, but it's like, it played like a story mission, Mm -hmm. but it was just the introduction to her quest lines. And now that I understand that, it makes makes more sense, obviously. And I really liked how she structured everything and how different things she had you do was either a story mission, a quest, or just a bounty. And you can obviously tell the um the difficulty and the in-depth play gameplay of each aspect of the bounties the quest or the storyline and i actually really liked the story missions this time around um it got a little bit more into the the war mind this is all spoilers Mm -hmm. by the way (laughs) if you're listening to this podcast expect spoilers and uh, that was what really intrigued me playing Vanilla Destiny. I really wanted to learn more about Rasputin and how he, um, what he is, came to be, how he's doing, what he's doing now. And yeah, it's just, it felt that, you know, some truth comes to the statement that Destiny's story arc is a 10-year cycle, right? Destiny 1, yes. the story is not very in-depth, but it sets the foundation for a lot of cool storylines, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. with these two story missions that we saw, I really liked where it went, and I just really enjoyed it. So it's interesting that you bring up the story side of things, because for me, I really only paid attention to the gameplay. I was talking in Skype with you for the second mission. I think they're getting the whole gameplay thing down and refined a little bit further. That's just what I, I believe in this expansion pack is, for me, the fun was inherent in the encounters, and they've made the encounters almost continual. If we look at the mm-hmm. new strike, the new strike is almost continual action. And it represents the enemies that we're fighting against. The hive, that's what they do. They overwhelm. So when you play through the strike, you are fighting against 
overwhelming numbers of enemies and just trying to keep them at bay. You just did the heroic, or we're trying to do the heroic strike solo right before this. Would you say it's probably accurate that they were trying to overwhelm you? Yeah, it's like you have to really take your time in this strike if you're trying to do it solo. And Mm -hmm. even Nightfall, oh my gosh, Nightfall is torturous if you're trying to solo it because... If you get hit by a melee, you have to restart the whole thing, and that's just no fun. Yep. But it's I really like the structure of this strike, and we actually talked about this in the last show, talking about the new, um, what is it, the Mars Vex strike as well. Mm-hmm. It's at no point in this new strike does Dinkabot come out and say, you need to defend against three waves while I unlock this door for you. Nope. And he never he comes out to, in the missions either. Yeah, which is makes me think they didn't have enough money to pay Dinklage to come back to record some dialogue. But anyways, that's beside the point. <laughs> the the strike, you're just fighting an uphill battle the whole way, and I really like that formula. It works. Yep. And it keeps you entertained, at least for me if I'm going to go back and do the older strikes now. There's a lot of point A to point B, so let's look at the Devil's Lair. Start, here's a fight, then you run to the next fight, then you beat that fight, then you run to the next fight. You know, that's similar to what this raid is, or excuse me, this strike is, but that distance between the fights is almost nothing. It's like negligible. It's just enough for you to let a sigh, get a breath of air in, and then go again. And especially the final fight, there is no breath of air. There is no, like, (laughs) three waves of enemies with Dinklage saying, you've woken the hive we're doing good you know that kind of stuff it reminds me of star fox honestly like vanilla destiny (laughs) dinklage is just like i need some help over here fox that kind of thing so i don't know i my expectations i went in for the dark below looking at the new gear excited for the new gear and excited to see what they did they did not take the story to a whole new level but i think they refined what destiny's good aspects are and that's the gameplay i wasn't going in waiting for some huge revelation of the story But the artwork is good. The new player models are really cool. The mobs, at least like the enemy types that you see, especially in that second and third mission, they look really good. Omnicle looks amazing, right? Oh my gosh. She is one good-looking wizard. And her scream. It's horrible. (laughs) Her scream is the worst, but it's awesome. It's disturbing, man. Like, (laughs) straight-up disturbing. I would say this. During the first week... Once you finish the missions, you at this point are basically there to get the gear and to do the raid. You do daily bounties from Eris, and you can earn shaders and emblems and some of her new um, upgrade materials, which you're going to want to do if you're working towards the endgame gear. But that stock refreshes on a daily basis, just like the normal bounties would. And I, I would say you could get through the Eris bounties within an hour maybe like an hour and a half if you're slow is that inaccurate no i would say that's right so when a new expansion comes out i know investment games and and games with dailies especially like with wow once you beat your dailies you're sort of done for the day unless you want to go do the multiplayer or just explore or do you know other things i wanted more is what i'm saying basically on a day-to-day basis at this point i'm fine with it because real life has commenced again and i've continued But when you veg out, you know, on something that's new, I wanted more bounties. Maybe like during the first week, Eris, her stock upload or updates twice a day. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if that's that valid of a criticism, though. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a it's a nice it's a valid criticism. It's 
what I what I'm hearing from you is you expect more quests and not necessarily more bounties. You know the the purple ones that she gives you. Is yeah, that, is that right? Because the 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 white bounties are you know, like you said, they're daily. But if we had maybe a new purple quest line every week, would that would that be satisfactory? Yes, totally, totally. And the last quest line, the urn, the one that you're going to be doing today or whenever you decide to do it. That is the high point of this expansion in terms of PvE outside of the raid. You're going to like that final mission, and it's a fun arc. Each of those things were like, where do I go to do this, or how (laughs) am I going to accomplish this step? Made you think, didn't take a ton of time, probably in total hour and a half to two hours to do that whole thing. You could definitely do it faster. I you know, was probably going slow, but that was really fun, and I liked that. And the quest line I'm talking about, you have to buy an urn from Xur for one strange coin, go through five stages of a quest, and then at the end of that quest, you unlock the third and final mission from the Dark Below, and you play through it, and that third and final mission, I won't spoil anything, is just freaking fun. They found what players liked, and they just shoved it at you over and over again. Kind of a bungee typical thing. Okay, I'm excited now. <laughs> You'll like it. I would finish it today, certainly, and get those gauntlets. Right after this. Let's do it. So wrapping up the Dark Below, if you could in three or four sentences close it out for listeners who haven't played the expansion yet. I would say it's worth it, in my opinion. If you mm-hmm. like Destiny and you like playing pve if you like new gear if you like grinding if you like leveling up i would say it's definitely worth it and man the new strike even though on the xbox we just have one it's it's really good really good one of my favorite strikes in destiny so far and i would i just say it's worth it that's my opinion i agree with you i'll make this dichotomy If you were somebody who was displeased with Destiny within about two to three weeks, this will not revolutionize your experience. (laughs) For players who enjoyed what Destiny evolved into, if you're interested in the loot, if you're interested in hitting the high ends of the levels, and if you're interested in doing the raid, 100% worth it. But if players aren't interested in doing the raid or aren't interested in leveling their character up and going for gear, I would say you're probably okay. I imagine you're the kind of person who's not playing Destiny regularly anyway. Now, Diddy, you brought this to my attention before we close out the topic. What will keep raids relevant? This is actually a suggestion from Reddit. Shout out to TriggaMike403. He's, the post title is, Add a monthly to keep raids relevant forever. And just like we have the weekly Nightfall or Heroic Strike or the daily Heroic um, Story Challenge, if we had, since we're adding more raids with each DLC, and the fact that the Vault of Glass raid gear is staying at light level 30, it kind of doesn't incentivize people to play that once the new raid has come out. Because more than likely, the people who consistently play the raid have already maxed out all their gear, so when the new one comes out, they don't have a motivation to actually play that older raid. And he's suggesting, or he or she, is suggesting that give them a monthly challenge to the raid, similar to the weekly Nightfall Strike. Add modifiers, add um, different elements that you can add for the monthly raid. Maybe in, like, for example, the Vault of Glass, the Templar fight has Arc Burn, uh, the Gorgon's Maze, you can't sprint at all or whatever, and then for the last fight is Void Burn or something like that. Um, and then 
Upon completion, guarantee an exotic engram, radiant mats, exotic shards, or a whole treasure chest of um, of goodies, whatever the drops, something guaranteed and worthwhile for a monthly challenge. Something that's really difficult and that will take people longer than a weekly Nightfall Strike to complete. I think that would be a really good idea. Yep, I'm 100% with you. Do something creative, like beat Atheon using blank damage, only blank kind of damage, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or you have to get through the Gorgon's Maze by killing one Gorgon with a hand cannon or something like that. Or your whole team can only use hand cannons in the raid. There's so many creative opportunities that they could have with this, and it would make it fun. Challenge runs, basically, is what it is. Yeah, and this would be a nice um, implication of leaderboards as well. You just add leaderboards to it, people who have completed the monthly raids, fastest time, whatever. It would be awesome. Yeah, you could put par times in for the raid, basically. Beat the raid on hard and under blankety blank, or beat the raid on normal under blankety blank. One of the top suggestions cool. on this thread is uh, light switch with Crota's end. Suffer. <laughs> no. For those of you so who don't horrible. know, light switch is oh. increased melee damage from minions of the dark. So basically one melee hit and you're dead. So that would be really difficult. I would really actually like to see somebody try that. <laughs> be like straight up impossible, man. Templar fight with solar burn. Ugh, all these suggestions oh. are brutal. <laughs> but I like it. It would be a reason for players to do more than the week. Because once you've done the raid once a week and you got your gear, there's not a whole lot of incentive to go back and do it again. Unless you're just looking for something fun to do. It came from Twitter! So at Underfire319 shot us a picture of him doing a nice suicide no-hander on his Sparrow. This is the Tumblr Sparrow bounty from two shows ago where we asked you all to send us a picture of you doing a stunt on your brand new dark below tumbler sparrows which are the sparrows that let you do cool stunts so we'll be putting everybody who completed the bounty on the website the next up would be a second shot from underfire 319 we also had master 1997 sending us a picture of a p51 spitfire i think that's the name of the plane uh as well comparing it to the new rocket launcher that has the face painted on it what is that rocket launcher called diddy Dragon's Breath? The one with the face. Yeah, Dragon's Breath. So he's comparing Dragon's Breath to the P-51 Mustang. Have you seen that old plane? It's like a single prop. Oh, yeah. There's uh, also another plane that I'm thinking of that has the exact same thing. And also the flamethrower from Halo 3 has the same artwork. It does. Are you thinking thinking of the A-10 Warthog, I think? Maybe. That plane? It's Mm -hmm. like a Vietnam bomber plane. Yeah. And he also, Master1997, shot us a picture of him doing a nice little, like, can-can over the chasm gap right before the moth yards on the Cosmodrome. The half-pipe, Next up, Yeah, (laughs) half-pipe right there. I get it now. X Games status is what he said, or X Games inbound. We had Meerkat Tweet send us a picture of him with 100% completion of all trophies in Destiny. Congratulations, sir. Really good job. It's on the PlayStation 4. How many trophies does that game have, man? I don't know. A lot? It's a lot, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many achievements we have left to go. But congratulations. Thanks for the tweet. At Rebel Force Alpha asks us, asks us, if you have any, what is your favorite exotic? I use Plan C a lot. If not, my Solar 77 wizard comes in handy. I love the last word. Diddy, this has got to be somebody after your own heart, a hand cannon user. Oh, yeah. Last word is easily my favorite exotic in the game. And I just got... <laughs> so I tweeted out a picture on... Tuesday, I think. Sassy and a friend of his actually carried me through the nightfall. I was only level 28, and they carried me through it as two level 30s, and 
I actually got Thunderlord, the exotic yep. heavy machine gun, which I thought was hilarious. And I haven't used it yet because I only have the last word. So I haven't actually had a chance to use that, but I really do love the last word. Nice. My least favorite is Invective. I can't tell you a favorite <laughs> right now. So I have the unupgraded Plan C, and I have the upgraded Sunbreakers. I bought upgraded Sunbreakers this week. It's not an ex- exotic weapon. It's the gauntlets for people who don't know Warlock gear. I like that armor. Invective is useless. It's going to be a shard pretty soon. So thanks for the tweet. Next up, General Hayes shot us a picture of his Nightfall reward from the Dark Below. He got the exotic Obsidian Mind helmet, man. So pretty. That's Have you seen this awesome. picture? Yeah, it looks beautiful, too. That is quite nice. All blacked out. Murdered out, if you're an old <laughs> Robin Big fan. And I think that is pretty much most of it. Thanks to at Patrick Salton for tweeting us out for a Friday follow. And I think we had one more person do that this week. I think Stella King. Yeah, thank you at Stella King for also tweeting us out. We appreciate that. It's time for the Tower Talk. Welcome to the Tower Talk. It's the segment of the show where we read your emails, or if there's a topic from you guys we want to talk about, we put it here. It's not featured every week because we're terrible. I should say I'm terrible about checking our emails, so apologies about that. But uh, if you send it, we eventually will read it here on the show. So to wrap up today, we're going to be reading some of your emails sent to destinytheshow at gmail.com and answering those. The first one comes from Jeff. Hey guys, Jeff here. I'm a new listener and a huge fan. I was listening to the recent episode talking about matchmaking, and I agree this game needs it for raids. I feel like if they had a matchmaking system similar to Diablo or the LFR system in WoW, I'd personally like more of a Diablo type of a setup. Have it so you can join public games with people and have it to where you can set the amount of people who can join between three to six people. That way, you as a group can decide if you want to do the raid, a strike, a patrol, just my two cents, and I hope that that makes some kind of sense. Love the show. Keep it coming. Thanks for the email, man. It does make sense to me. Diddy, I think we've said it before. LFG would be a good thing, yes. Yeah, and I think the easiest way for them to implement something like this would be a vendor in the tower. You go to the tower, go to the vendor, say, I want to do this, and then it will find people with similar interests, and then it just matchmakes you, and you just return to orbit with those people, and you go do your thing. That would make the most sense, in my opinion. I agree. We also have a picture from Aaron, who says he loves the show, and he thinks that we would want to see this. He's got uh, Raid Legendary Weapons, and it's a picture of Atheon's epilogue, all maxed out. Good-looking auto-rifle from the raid. He says the advantage of these weapons is that they do as much damage as exotics, as well as elemental damage, and you can pair them with exotic weapons. He sent us a picture of his level 29 Warlock as well, and you can definitely tell this is prior to Dark Below, because back then, level 29 was, you know more of a coveted thing oh we forgot to mention <laughs> if you buy gear from the vanguard they they've all up stepped up their game new crucible gear new vanguard gear all of it is like light level 31 maximum right 33 it'll okay. get it'll so get you, you to can, it'll get you to level 31 yes yeah exactly which is nice so basically if you're behind if you're listening to the show and you're like on level 24 i can't participate yeah you can't just purchase some of the new gear. It really there the emphasis is no longer on getting to like twenty seven for people who don't raid. You can now get to like twenty nine and thirty if you don't raid. Pretty easily, I would say. Yep. Next up 
We have an email from Billy Ray. Hey guys, Billy from Perth, Western Australia here. Hey, Sassy might know this guy. <laughs> Thanks for the great show. I look forward to it every week. Quickly, there's some hope for new raiders. I was stretchered through my first ever raid by some cool patient players. Shout out to Art Vanderlei and Ben Pye. I received two pieces of raid gear, so there is hope. Keep up the good work, good work, guys, and thanks. Thank you for the email, Billy. We have one more. Somebody, oh, somebody completed the Nightfall Strike here, and we didn't include him on the Wall of Fame. Sorry, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we check our email all the time. That's all the emails we have for you today. A little sporadic there. We'll be better about checking it in the future. Sorry that we have emails back from November that I'm just now reading on the show, but we're busy doing stuff. So, Dark Below Week. Pretty good, right, Diddy? Pretty good. I can't wait to actually play the Crota's End Raid, but gotta get to level 30 first. <laughs> this next week, man. We're making it happen. Where can people find your content? Twitch.tv slash Diddy underscore and Twitter.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S, and YouTube is the same. Wonderful. You can follow us at Destiny of the Show. You can tweet us there as well. You can find us on iTunes. Thank you, listeners. Our numbers are lovely as usual, and we send a big heart out your way. Destiny the Show is what it is on Twitch, so twitch.tv slash Destiny the Show. You can follow me at BBK Dragoon. Go to destinytheshow.com for all the links from today's show. Other than that, have fun in the dark below. We don't have a bounty for you this week. We'll be back soon, though, with another one to keep you on your toes. Good luck, have fun, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.